When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've got five more days to get it out of your system. All your takes, all your bold predictions, all the reasons your NFL team could go from worst to first. Because on Sunday, none of it matters anymore. We finally have actual NFL football that matters on the horizon. It's so close you can taste it. Hopefully not like what people are tasting at the Duke's Mayo Bowl over the weekend, North Carolina, South Carolina. That was disgusting, Courtney. I just saw it on Get Up earlier this morning. They were playing that clip of people not chugging, but just like shoveling mayo into their mouths. And as someone who is very anti-mayonnaise and anti-really any sort of cream sauce like that, it made me physically not feel great. Um, I don't understand how like people come up with bits of that nature where it would make somebody physically ill to the point of like overeating mayo. That's not my, that's not. Oh my yeah. Name. That, that one was disgusting. When I was doing local radio in Nashville, one of the local hosts there came up with this great idea that they were going to do Cinco de Mayo. And so at the sports bar, they had a big tub of mayo and they put poker chips inside and you had to stick your hand in and find a poker chip. And it correlated with a prize by the end of the day. You know, you had had probably 15 to 20 men walk in this sports bar from all different avenues of life, from construction to sales. Then they'd stuck their dirty, grimy hands in this tub of mayo. And at the end, it was all discolored. That was that was the moment where I told myself I will never eat mayo again. And nobody actually shoveled any of it in their face. If they would have done that afterwards, I would have thrown up on spot and made sure that I never even looked at mayo again. At least I can look at it, but I won't eat it after watching that bit. And watching that last night at the oh my. God, that looked disgusting. I'm sure that hearing that has everybody out driving around on this Labor Day, getting ready for the cookout, really (laughs) eager to put some mayonnaise on chicken sandwiches and burgers. Uh, If you're out there doing that, more power to you. Hope you have a good day off as we get ready. (laughs) So wait a second. Wait a second, Cardi. I got to interrupt. You said you don't like these creamy... Like is it like, like... Mayonnaise, like mayonnaise, sour cream, anything? Oh, you don't like, like that. sour just, cream either. Not, re- it's not my jam. It is not something oh. that I typically would even consider putting on food. So, but I know that it's a cookout food. That's why I brought it up uh, yeah. in relation to Labor Day. So, so when I was a kid, my grandfather would would always make baked potatoes, and they would make the baked potatoes he'd scoop out the potatoes from the the skin for me and then i could mash them down and eat them but then we'd take you know heaping amounts of sour cream and Mm. stuff them in these these baked potato shells just put salt on top and basically you were eating like crunchy sour cream right you had the crunch of the baked potato (laughs) with the sour cream and the salt and to this day i could eat 10 of them if you put them in front of me stay away from the mayo load me up on the sour cream None of that sounds appetizing. So if you do have a cookout today, <laughs> I hope that you have food that sounds better than what Jeff just uh, <laughs> laid out for you. It doesn't sound great to eat potato skins with sour cream. Maybe I'm in the minority, which is fine. I mean, there, I've had, I don't have as bad of food takes as Dan Orlovsky, our vaunted oh, uh, no, ESPN no. NFL analyst with his incredibly awful food takes. But I, I think a lot of people would be like me and not 
be ready to stomach that much mayonnaise or even look at it. Like, I have to turn away whenever I see that. So, well done, Dukes. Mayo, you got us talking about you on a Monday morning, two days after that game concluded. Uh, That was the site of game day last week. Game day now going down to T-Town, Texas, and Alabama. We've got plenty to get into with the Week 2 slate, but also the fallout from Week 1. But speaking of Week 1, as I mentioned, NFL season right around the corner. Chiefs and Lions kicking things off on Thursday night. Kansas City expecting right now to be without Chris Jones. Maybe they can come to an agreement here in the next couple of days, but shouldn't probably affect his availability since he hasn't been there all of training camp. But since it is, since this is our last week to do this, get a chance to write the script for what these teams are going to deal with this year and what it's going to look like at year's end. We thought it was a good time to play this game called the Daily Profit Headlines. We'll bring in our producer, Eric Hanneman, run through some of the teams that have had a lot of buzz around them this offseason. Let's cue up some NFL music going around with this. Where are we going to start here? Because I know the rule is we have to tell you what the headline for this team is going to be come week 18, yes? That is correct, yes. We're calling it the Daily Profit Headlines. So this isn't the end of, like, this isn't post-Super Bowl. This is just end of the regular season. Hmm. When you put it that way, no. But we're doing full season. Full season. If you think they're going to win the Super Bowl... That's your headline. Some of these teams oh, on here wow. that I'm just saying, I'm looking at week 18 because that's the last time they're going to be playing. Just throwing that out there <laughs> behind my logic. Okay. Where are we starting, Eric? Oh, we're going to start with America's team, Jerry's World. Let's go there. The Dallas Cowboys at the end of the season. What will the, what will the headline be for the Dallas Cowboys, Courtney? Dak Prescott cuts down on interceptions. Cowboys still lose in divisional round of playoffs. That's where I'm going with them. I don't think that this team is better than most in the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers are the ones who are clipping at the heels of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't think Dak is going to be having all the issues that he had last year. Mike McCarthy is a really good quarterback's coach. And now that he is going into the role of being offensive coordinator, taking on a more hands-on approach on game days from play to play with Dak Prescott – He's going to simplify things. He's going to make Dak's job easier, and when Dak gets into a rut, he's going to help him out of it in ways that I don't really know if we saw from Kellen Moore all that much. But I don't think this team is going to get past a divisional round, so it could be another 12-5 and season, Jeff, with them in another devastating loss in the divisional playoffs. Hold on one second. That was a that was a pretty long uh, headline. I don't know if that's going to You know what? On in the online era, James, you don't have headline <laughs> counts like ESPN.com. I seems I ha- like a wordy headline. I thought so, Go, go too, look at James. some of the websites not named ESPN.com where you can have like... F- you know, like the Daily Mail or whatever it is? Yes, 400 character headlines. It's, I'm not it's saying about the whole, that's The great. whole story is in the headline. Yeah, man, there's no clickbait there. What are we doing? They teach you in journalism class now. If there ain't clickbait, don't write the headline. Right? Courtney gave us everything we needed there. Mine's very simple. Dallas trusts Dak for now. I think they play well enough to where Dallas doesn't make a decision to move on from Dak Prescott. It's not the Trey Lance era yet, but you know, Dak cuts down on the turnovers, as Courtney said. I think that's going to happen. But Dallas will be a little reluctant to give him a long-term contract. Dallas trusts Dak for now as they have a pretty good season that falls short of a Super Bowl. All right, the offseason headlines, the Jets won those. So let's go to those New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Jeff, what will the headline at the end of the season be for the New York football Jets? 
JT was right. That's all it's going to say. JT was right. Jeff Turn knows all. Uh, the Jets don't make the playoffs. That's what I predict. I have the Jets on the outside looking in. I don't think they jump over Miami or Buffalo in that division. I don't think three teams come out of the AFC East. Next year, I think Aaron Rodgers will still be a Jet, and the Jets will be in the conversation as a playoff contender. But I don't think that the Jets are a playoff contender this year. I think they fall short of making okay. said playoffs. JT was right. He All always right. is. So I shortened my headline count to make sure that I was appeasing my editor, James Steele, in the control room because <laughs> I, I don't want my headline to get cut off. You know, I'm trying to be SEO friendly. So mine is Rogers rumbles, but Jets miss playoffs. And for anybody who's saying that that's poor grammar, go look at how headlines are written on newspapers and on ESPN.com. Yeah, much so, better. Very catchy. Thank you. Thank very you. Very catchy. Very catchy. Yeah, you know, very I'm trying. Good, very good. This is actually one of the things I struggle at the most when I do, you know, peeling back the curtain here. So I cover the Bears for ESPN.com. Headline writing is my least favorite activity. So I always put some sort of awful placeholder headline in WordPress when I'm getting ready. My editor's like, what the hell is this? But yeah, that's that's why that's why they don't pay me to be an editor. Anyways, Rogers rumbles, but Jets miss playoffs. The AFC East is loaded. As we know, the Miami Dolphins are ready to take the next step. They, and it's not just Tua in the weapons that they have on offense. It's Vic Fangio coming over and taking over that defense, which will be without Jalen Ramsey for a couple months. I know that that's a huge blow to what they have on the back end, but this is a good defense and a new scheme, an energized group around Vic Fangio. That's going to help because you have quarterbacks that you face in on every team, from Mac Jones to Aaron Rodgers to Josh Allen. You're going to see those guys twice in your division. They made the necessary adjustments to become a playoff team. And, of course, Buffalo is going to be the division favorite in the AFC East until they prove us that they're not. So that has the Jets looking on the outside, looking in. And they're scheduled to start the season not kind to Aaron Rodgers in this new year over there. So those are those are our two headlines. We can certainly bring this one back. We've got five and a half hours with you here on this Labor Day. We would love for you to join in the conversation. You can give us your own daily profit headline. What is it going to be for your team at the end of the season? I will not impose the character count, but go ahead and you know make it reasonable. Don't like don't get put give me a paragraph as the headline. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. You got Courtney Crone and Jeff Turns sitting in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Straight ahead, an NFL analyst joining us to tell us what went wrong for his alma mater LSU last night. You know who it is, Greeny. Coming up next, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. Travis throws wide open, Bell, left flank, 30 to the 20, to the 10, toward the pylon, he's in. Touchdown, Florida State. They have blown it open here in the second half. Ooh, the opposite of what Brian Kelly was proclaiming would happen on Sunday night when LSU and Florida State opened up the college football season in Orlando. Yeah, 45-24 in favor of Florida State 31 unanswered points in the second half. You hate to see it. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Jeff Turn, as always, the show presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm like still in awe of what happened because LSU had a 17-14 lead in the first half, and then they go into halftime. Something transpired to where they come out and they look like a completely different team. I saw a sort of lack of intensity out of the gates in the second half that I didn't expect after the way that they played in the first half. Usually you're downtrodden, you're you're beaten up in the first half, and you just can't come out with any intensity in the second half. That wasn't the case. As you mentioned, they had the lead, and it looked like they came out of the gates in the second half as if they were down what they ultimately were down at the end of that game. Yeah, okay. I know the perfect person to ask about this. Let's bring in Ryan Clark, our ESPN NFL analyst, former safety for the LSU Tigers. I don't even want to know what your phone looks like right now, RC, and how many people are texting you, asking you to maybe eat your words or anything of that nature. But what happened to your Tigers last night, man? Well, I never said they were going to win before that. So there are really no words uh, to eat. I actually just wished evil on all of my friends that played or went to Florida State before the game. And that evil that I wished on them that was supposed to only last three hours, I now wish it to last three months. And that just is what it is. That's the the sort of real friend that I am. But when you look at the game last night, one one team out-executed the other in the second half. One team out-coached the other in the second half. One group of players were more physical than the other in the second half. And that's what winning football games comes down to. It comes down to executing the game plan in the most physical manner to impose your will on the other team. We're just not used to seeing those sorts of things happen to LSU, especially not an LSU team that you expect to be good. So I think the most disappointing thing about this is when you compare the first two games of each of the last two seasons, it seems that Mike Norvell and the Florida State University Seminoles have continued to ascend. It feels like they've gotten better since last year, and LSU hasn't in any way progressed as much as Florida State had, and it showed a lot in the second half. All right, so... Go ahead, ahead. Courtney. So we take a look at what, let's go, we can move past Florida State, LSU. I'm not going to throw any salt in the wounds. And uh, hopefully your friends that you were wishing evil on, hopefully they'll be willing to let that one go. But uh, let's move into the NFL week one slate. We know that there's a lot at stake here for the Kansas City Chiefs because of missing Chris Jones throughout the training camp and Charles Omenahu too. I know that that's the underrated absence and he'll, he will not be there for six games. But the test that they have against the Lions – how do they compensate for not having either of those guys there for week one? Well, I think whenever you don't have Chris Jones, 
you know, you're missing uh, 15 and a half sacks. This is a guy that beat the double team 39% of the time uh, last year or 39 times. So when you can have that sort of production from that position, I mean, it changes the way teams have to block you. It changes the way teams have to set up their run game, set up their blocking schemes. And so if you're Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, you're excited, right? You feel there's a lot less pressure on you coming into this week in game planning. But also think about a, a, a run game that's going to be somewhat lateral at times with Jameer Gibbs, give him an opportunity to use that speed and one-cut chances to get upfield. Also, David Montgomery, who's a guy that can pound the ball in between the tackles and the pass game with Amon Ross St. Brown. You had Laporta from Iowa and Jared Goff, who was flawless through the back end of the season last year. This is a team that was going to be difficult to beat for the Kansas City Chiefs if they had Chris Jones. Now you take him out and what that could do for the pass rush and also the way his play ignites that young back seven of the Kansas City Chiefs. And this just got exponentially more difficult. But let's not act like Patrick Mahomes is not going to play. If you were telling me Patrick Mahomes was holding out, I'd be like, oh, hell, sell the form and change the game. We need to flex the Thursday game. But as long as 15 is out there, we know what this team can do. So we all understand that Chris Jones could be out for some time with his holdout. The Bosa situation still unfolding in San Francisco. They get your Pittsburgh Steelers and my Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday uh, there in Pittsburgh to open up the season. Without Bosa, how much does that change potentially what the Steelers are able to do offensively, and what are your expectations for the opener? I mean, as a Pittsburgh Steeler guy, you should know what happens to our defense without T.J. Watt. We suck. Right? It's the same exact thing. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily know um, that they'll suck when you have a guy like Fred Warner uh, patrolling the middle linebacker spot. You have a guy like Talanoa Hufunga on the back end at the safety spot. You know, there's still a ton of playmakers on this team. But what Nick Bosa does set, sets the tone. Uh, this guy's the defense, the reigning defensive player of the year. 34 sacks in the last two seasons. Two seasons. Like, he's that sort of dif- difference maker. And you have to remember, D'Amico Ryan's left to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. So in Steve Wilkes' first opportunity in the regular season game to have this defense, you don't have your most disruptive player. And that's great for Pittsburgh Steelers and Matt Canada, who loves the jet sweeps, who loves the motion, who does like to have some sideways ball or some lateral football in his play calling, now you don't have to have a guy like Nick Bosa setting the edge and keeping contained consistently as you play through the game. So I think this is huge. I think it's huge for the comfort of Kenny Pickett, who they want to get opportunities to throw the football and push the football down the field to guys like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, and Friar Muth at the tight end position. And so when you take away Nick Bosa, you truly handicap this team from a sense of what they can do in the four-man rush, which has been so potent throughout his time there at San Francisco. You're a busy man, RC. You're all over our NFL coverage. We also know you've got UFC 293 this weekend, Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. You can buy that on ESPN Plus and make sure to listen to the DC RC podcast wherever you get your podcast. Daniel Cormier, Ryan Clark previewing this weekend's PPV. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, RC. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. 
Traeger is awesome, as awesome as Ryan Clark. Let me tell you why. It's a You can grill hot or slow. You can use it as a smoker. You can grill, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue food, too. Everything from ribs to apple pie. This Saturday, enjoy a one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor on a Traeger Ironwood XL from the Home Depot. Straight ahead, we're going to get back to playing the game that we invented this morning called the Daily Profit Headline. I want you to tell me what your NFL team's headline is going to read in the paper, on ESPN.com, wherever you consume your news. What is that going to be at the end of the season? Plus, who should make a trade for Mike Evans? It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Our standard is win. Simple as that. And uh, we hold ourselves to a high standard and high expectations. And so nobody wants to end this drought more than the guys in this locker room. I can promise you that. Will Dak Prescott, will he deliver when it needs to be him? Week one of the NFL season is upon us. We've got all the action coming your way this week with our brand new ESPN radio lineup. Yes, it kicks off tomorrow. Greeny's going to be back for that. This show will transition to Greeny and Friends. But Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, and Chris Canty kick things off 6, p- 6 a.m. to 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time on Unsportsmanlike. A whole new lineup to get you ready for the college football season. But for now, you've got Courtney Cronin, Jeff Turn, hanging out on Greeny on this Labor Day. Hope you're enjoying the final day of summer, although nowhere in this country, Jeff, does it actually feel like fall weather-wise. We may have football on our TV, which is a great indicator that cooler temps are approaching, but... I'm here in Chicago, and it was like 90s all weekend. This felt like 4th of July versus week one of the college football season. Oh, yeah. We got to triple digits in South Dakota. I mean, it's been uh, 100 degrees, I think, four out of the last 10 days. So this weekend, we made our final trip to the water park here in Sioux Falls. Uh, got, Got out there on Saturday. I will say this, though. What made it feel like fall was that my kids were done with the pool. Like, usually, they don't want to leave. They have been asking us, you know, from... The time school's out till like late July. Let's go to the pool every single day. 
and we were about two hours in in 98 degree weather and they just wanted their ice cream and to head on home and that signaled to me that summer was officially over that my kids were no longer into five hours at the pool Eh, that might signal that they're becoming adults, too, if they're turning down ice cream and pool time in favor of you know, <laughs> leaving the water park and going home. I mean, pretty soon they're going to be asking for the keys to the car. I understand that. I still have a few years. They're eight, five, and four. But it felt like they were officially like moved on to all the activities that come with the fall, soccer, flag football, school, and they were done just being pool bums for the summer. So we made it through. I think we made it to the pool more times this summer than we ever have uh, over the last three years combined. So we got our fair share. But, yeah, they were ready to be done. And the heat, too, like late. August, early September heat hits different than it does in June when you've been cooped up all winter long. I mean, you're, you're kind of done with the heat at this point. And you're right. It has not felt like fall around this country with the weather we've seen. No. And I know that this is supposed to be the last days of summer and we're supposed to be in fall. I don't think fall actually starts and for a couple more weeks with the actual day, but We've got football on our TVs. Like they, we made it, folks. Like I know it was a long summer, and it was a very uh, boring summer at certain at certain uh, junctures when it came to the news that we were talking about with our college football teams and our NFL teams. So we decided to play a game here. We're calling it the NFL Daily Profits. So that's our that's our newspaper. Eric Hanman, our producer back in Bristol, came up with this game, and I gotta make sure I have this right. The Daily Profit is a Harry Potter reference, right? I'm not an a, I'm not an HP person myself but that's harry potter yeah yeah that's it's what the newspaper is called in the wizarding world of harry potter okay so our you nerd guys, in the control room ended what up the coming best up with thing this game of, of harry potter what's the best thing that I came out of harry potter i mean eric what you. would your answer be to that butterbeer Yes, that is the correct yes. answer. Yes, it is. Okay, so I've, I've got two nerds maybe, I'm dealing with here. I'm ma- no, listen, I've watched maybe like two and a half hours of the Harry Potter series in my life, but I spent two and a half hours uh, when I was in Orlando drinking butterbeer, okay? Like, I have spent more time drinking butterbeer than watching Harry Potter, and it is the greatest thing that's ever come out of that series. So good. Is so it actual good. beer? No, no, it's not beer, but it's very sweet. I had it once, and Jeff, I'm going to be honest, I, I enjoyed it, but I couldn't finish the whole thing because it was just too sweet. Too I, had sweet. I had five of them. I had five of them. Oh, my God. Five. Well, we know, we know you can work five. it off because you eat fast food all the time. <laughs> That's right, man. My body was ready to metabolize, all right? I had five of them, okay? They were delicious. Okay, so we're keeping with the Harry Potter theme here with our Daily Profit headline. What is it going to read for your NFL team at the end of the season, whether that's week 18 or if your team ends up going all the way to the Super Bowl? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. This is a good way that we can get the final preseason, offseason conversation out of our system before real football comes our way starting Thursday with the Chiefs and the Lions. Pat and Maine, start us off here on Greeny. What is your team and what is your headline reading at the end of the season? Uh, Courtney and Jeff, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I'm a Hawks fan, 12s all the way. And uh, my headline is Gino to Reno, baby. He's going to take us at least to the NFC Championship game, if not farther. So that's my take. So Pat understood the assignment. I can very much appreciate the succinctness of this headline, but also Gino Torino. I believe that's in reference to the Super Bowl. Is that correct? That would sound well. That- Reno is in reference to the NFC Championship because it's right next to Vegas. So okay. if he gets to the NFC Championship, it'd be a good year. But Vegas is the next step. So okay. Reno's first. Vegas is next. Well, Gino Dorino rhymes, so I love it. Pat, thanks so much for the call. All right, like the Seahawks to the NFC Championship in 
a more wide open NFC than maybe we've seen in a couple of years. I don't think it's far fetched at all. The NFC West is not going to be tough because you've got the Los Angeles Rams in a rebuild year, the Arizona Cardinals in line, very likely for the number one overall pick and the San Francisco team with Brock Purdy. Yes, I know that they believe in him and they were willing to move on from Trey Lance and trade him away and make Sam Darnold the number two because they have such high hopes for Brock Purdy. But I don't know if that division is as much of a runaway this is San Francisco's as most people think and the Seahawks coming off a year where they sort of unexpectedly Jeff got into the playoffs with Gino at the helm and then they give him the extension during the offseason I think they're set up nicely to make a run I'll go off of his theme there of the the gaming for the uh headline and I'll say Seahawks win all in with Gino and go bust. I think it was a one-and-done season for Gino having the kind of season he did. Uh, I, I think that the L.A. Rams bounce back this year and make the playoffs as a wild-card team, surplanting Seattle from the NFC West. I'll still take the 49ers in that division. Okay, Gino to Reno. So I, I, just, I, cannot, I, I cannot stress enough how much an editor would love that headline, yes, even would, though yes. even though Allegiant Stadium. So like my brain went to, okay, he's putting them in the Super Bowl because Super Bowl the Super Bowl next year in 2024 is going to be at Allegiant Stadium. Every team, when they build a new stadium, ends up getting a Super Bowl a couple years after the stadium goes up. So I thought that that was what he was suggesting. But to get to the NFC Championship is a, certainly a good first step, and you got to do that on the way to the Super Bowl. How about we go to Chris in Indiana? Chris, what's your team? and what's your headline? Good morning, Courtney. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, So I'm actually a Jets fan, but I'm not going to touch that just because I know I'll curse it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have have a a Denver headline for you. Uh, Who's to blame, Peyton or Wilson? I feel like the expectations have just been set entirely too high for how quickly Peyton's going to turn this around. And I think growth and Wilson... uh, picking up this offense and being able to run it nicely by the end of the year is more realistic than the deep playoff runs that I keep hearing about. Chris, thanks so much for the call. I mean, that's all we've talked about. Like that, if you want one one storyline to sum up the offseason, it's Sean Payton coming out of his one-year hiatus. I'm not even going to call it a retirement because he went to Fox and was an analyst. It's Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos and being – the purported savior for Russell Wilson at this point of his career and the blame element, like who's to blame that's right there in his headline. It feels like we're already projecting. This is either going to go one way or it's going to go the other way. And the other way would be really South that it's either Russell Wilson's fault or Sean Payton's fault. Is there no middle ground here with either of these two, you know, two very big key figures in this mix, Jeff? I think there isn't any middle ground. I think that they fall flat on their face once again this year. I, I wouldn't say that midseason we're benching Russell Wilson, although it feels like they've set that up with Jared Stidham there. Sean Payton can't play wide receiver, and they don't have anything to write home to mom about except for maybe Jerry Judy. And two years ago, Courtney had as many touchdowns as Jerry Judy did in the National Football League. The answer was zero. Um, I, I don't think he showed me last year that he's a number one guy. I have question marks still about that offensive line, even though they've made additions. you got to see it work cohesively. And that defense has lost a ton over the last handful of years. So 
Sean Payton may be able to turn this thing around. It ain't this year. It probably won't be next year. Um, they need some roster building, and the way that they're strapped with the Russell Wilson contract, it doesn't feel like it's going to be easy. So I just feel that they're they're going to be very comfortable in the same spot they've been the last few years, and that's the basement of the AFC West. Okay, so be the columnist for me here. That's the headline on the column, I assume, Week 18. If it's who's to blame, Russell or Payton, if you're looking at this, if you're projecting this thing out, who are you writing about being the catalyst for why they had a bad season? Quarterback uh, has or coach? To be, has to be Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he's had two years now in a new city to get it right under two different head coaches, two different offensive, offensive regimes, and he's proven that he isn't able to do so. And so Sean Payton's going to get that leash. Um, they're paying him a lot of money per year, and they won't get rid of him after one. They might get rid of Russell after two or three. So I would blame Russell Wilson on this situation. He came there to be the savior last year. You know, like we've had two consecutive off seasons where the Denver fan base has gotten geeked up about a savior rolling in to the mile high. And in the case of Russell Wilson, he's been far from it. And I don't think Sean Payton has enough groceries right now to cook a five-star meal. I mean, this thing is going to look like you maybe supersized your McDonald's meal um, compared to a five-star meal. I mean, you may have some some improvement, but nothing to where I think that they're able to completely turn this thing around. He's Jeff Turnham, Courtney Cronin. We're sitting in for Greeny on this Labor Day Monday. ESPN Radio, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Playing a little game we like to call our daily profit headline for your NFL team. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tell us who your team is and what the headline is going to read at the end of the season. How about Mark in New Jersey? Mark, are you still on the phone? Uh, Go ahead and give us your team and your headline. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Got Mark no, or no? No Mark. All right. How about we move on to Chris from Pennsylvania? Chris, you're on ESPN Radio. What you got? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my team is Pittsburgh Steelers, and my headline is Kenny Pickett wins Offensive Player of the Year. Whoa, whoa, I love it, but I don't sounds, know, man. Sounds like an AP headline, so I do appreciate the uh, standard nature of that. Kenny Pickett wins Offensive Rookie, Offensive Player of the Year. So, you're, so Chris, you're expecting him to go from throwing more interceptions than touchdowns last year to everything working out in this Matt Canada system. I honestly think that uh, everything was so worried about Ben Roethlisberger retiring and he got left with that massive weight on his shoulders with a very beat-up team last year. Coming off of that Ben Roethlisberger retirement, I think based off of his preseason and the time he had to, to focus on that starting position and what to expect going into this year, 
I think with uh, the adjustments that they made, uh, the team being healthy and them going into a new year and him understanding the system a little bit better, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna pull uh, all that weight and become what everybody expects him to be. Chris, thanks for the call. I I actually can see it. I really can. I don't know if I I can see the 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 jump. I don't know if I can see offensive player of the year, but you know this team went seven and two down the stretch last year, and he's the one. Once they finally figured it out, once he figured it out, he led four game-winning drives. And you remember that fourth-quarter comeback he had against the Raiders and then against the Ravens at the end of the year. You started to see some of the positives from last season carry over into training camp. Number one, the interceptions were not a story in any of the preseason games. And make what you want of his perfect passer rating in the preseason. But there is something to be said about him taking care of the football better, making smarter reads, smarter decisions of where to go with the football, but also earning the trust of your offensive coordinator to take some deep shots. Like that, to me, Jeff, in watching the Steelers in the preseason, those were some of the more encouraging signs when Canada was calling up plays that would let him air out the deep ball, whether it was to George Pickens or other players. Like he's not locking in on one receiver either. So, you know, I know that people are down on the Pittsburgh Steelers because of that division and expecting that Cleveland's going to make a jump, that the Ravens are going to bounce back with Lamar, and of course, Cincinnati being Cincinnati. But don't sleep on this Pittsburgh Steelers team, especially with the positive signs that we've seen from Kenny Pickett so far. Yeah, I mean, as a Steelers fan, I find myself um, cautioning the optimism based on what you pointed out was seven touchdowns and nine interceptions. But that optimism is ramped up to another level with the way that they played at the end of the year and those two comebacks, as you mentioned as well, against the Raiders and the Ravens. Those things all have me cautiously optimistic that it's not only a jump, but it's a significant jump for them. I just feel that division, it's, it's a lot like the Jets, I think, in the AFC East. Like, they're talented. They, they've improved. Um, they're going in a, in a more positive direction, but they still can't jump over the Ravens and the Bengals, just like I don't think the Jets can jump over the Dolphins and the Bills. And so I think just like New York, Pittsburgh's probably on the outside looking in this year, but they're probably still somewhere around that coveted 500 mark that Mike Tomlin's been at his entire career. I will say this, too, about the offense for Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson, and you know, you're obviously going to target Pickens, but the run game with Najee Harris, the thousand yard rusher sets up the play action big time for them. And the speed of those wide receivers gives them that, that leg up on a play action almost in any matchup that they have. So I love that combination offensively. I still have some questions about the defense and, you know, Kenny Pickett's going to have to throw for 2,600 more yards to be in that conversation of offensive player of the year. I don't know that he does that, but improved. Absolutely. And you got to love the preseason he had. It is the preseason, but it was all positive for Kenny, for, for Kenny the entire time. We've got loaded phone lines here on Greeny, so I've got to take a call that I know would rise to the top of his list if he was here. Ernie in Maryland, I know you're a Jets fan, so you were doing this because we're trying to appease our guy, Greeny. What is your headline? I know that if he's listening right now, he hopes it reads, Jets go undefeated in the regular season and are at the Super Bowl in Vegas. Is, is that along the lines of what you're thinking? No, I, I mean, if Greeny is, told, is, is, is thinking that way, that he's not true, uh, true Jeff fan because we are always pessimistic. So <laughs> it even scares me to think any optimism, uh, like that last call a couple of – I don't want to jinx the Jets, but here we go. I believe that the Jets are really going to have a, a good year. I think they're going to make it to the championship game, but I think they're going to lose. And the headlines is going to say in the back, 
Broadway no instead of Broadway Joe. <laughs> and that's, that's the that's way a gr- I- great play on words. Great plan words. Hey, Ernie, we appreciate the call. So Broadway, no, referring to Broadway Joe. Hell, if they make it to the AFC championship game and lose, that's a great season, year one of the Aaron Rodgers era. Do you think that would satisfy people like Greeny, though? I mean, I don't yes. know that it would. Yes, I don't know this that it team would. has had quarterback futility for its entire existence outside there, of though. Joe Namath. They've been there back-to-back years with, with – uh, Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan, and it feels like Jets fans could care less that they made it a decade ago plus to the back-to-back AFC title games because all they care about is erasing all this futility with only a Super Bowl ring. I don't know, Courtney, if that'd be enough for Greeny. It sounds like Greeny wants like back-to-back parades, uh, you know, year-after-year championships from Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know if one Super Bowl is good enough for Jets fans after they landed Aaron Rodgers. NFC, I mean, AFC title game loss, I think they'd be all back to being pessimistic. Oh, man. I... See, I'm not. I'm on the other side of this. I don't think that they have to go win it all this year. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is at this point of his career where you're taking it on a year-to-year basis. He signed for at least three years. That's how long they have within this window. But I don't necessarily believe it all has to get done in year one. That's a lot of expectations, and they just so happen to play in the AFC East. I think that Buffalo might have something to say about that. Certainly the Miami Dolphins coming for their throne. I mean, both you and I talked earlier about not having the Jets in the playoffs. So Ernie's headline, which was very well done. I love Broadway. No. And I love that he said that it would be on the back page. So very New York, New Jersey. He's got it down to a science with how you fit those things onto a tabloid style newspaper. So shout out to you. Extra credit points for Ernie for that one. But it's the beginning of something, and if they get to the AFC Championship, Rodgers is back next year. There's nothing for him to turn his nose up and say, yeah, actually, I'm going to go retire. No way. No, I don't think he will retire either way. I, I think he wants to prove that this experiment was worth it. But, man, I, I don't know. I just feel like their expectations are so high that if it isn't a Super Bowl, even if they lose in the Super Bowl, I could see pessimism creeping in right afterwards. And the good thing is, because they're in New York, we're going to get these headlines every single week from here on out. Straight ahead, more of your calls. Plus, are you a believer in Deion Sanders yet? It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.